Hello dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of the Want Money Got Money podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani and my guest today is Akhil Jabbar. Akhil is the founder of Horizon Capital. Horizon Capital is a global private equity and M&A mergers and acquisition group focused on small cap business assets in the B2B SaaS space. In this podcast episode, we talk about how to grow your B2B SaaS startup. So, if you are a founder of a B2B startup or you work with or you're currently working within a B2B SaaS startup as an employee, then this podcast episode is for you we talk about everything from how to grow how to get more users uh, lifetime value what social media channels to use and all sorts of things that can help you in your career within a b2b saas startup so let's get into it it's great to have you on the show welcome to to, to our podcast and yeah i would love to know a bit about your background and how you um got into starting horizon capital Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. First of all, thanks for having me on today, Sam. Really excited to be here. Uh, I'd love to share what I can and hopefully be helpful to your audience. But in terms of I'll give you a quick background, but basically I'm actually a petroleum engineer turned entrepreneur. So, like many people maybe listening in, I worked in the white collar industry for several years and I made that full-time leap into entrepreneurship about 7 years ago. But even while I was in university, um, I actually launched my my first business at the time. It was, you know, actually a service business as a recruitment firm. I was actually hiring You know, a lot of tech talent for startups all around the world you know more focused in, in Berlin and different startups who were looking for talent bridging that gap and that's where I learned about servicing clients I learned a lot about hiring and making mistakes there I actually made you know decent revenue I think we got up to 10k per month and it's not too bad when you're That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, but but my passion at the was really around how to increase my cash returns from money I was making to replace yes. my income. Like that's where I was like really thinking about okay I really want to replace my income maybe a lot of people think about that to go full time into entrepreneurship. So in terms of the investment path I say I think I started with investing in the stock market well just like your product when I was I think 17 years old and I learned a lot of hard mistakes. I think what I learned quickly after was that yes you can make a lot of money but you also don't have a lot of control over so many factors when you're trying to pick stocks yeah. right something can be happen like news or turmoil on the other side of the world and your stocks drops 50% overnight and you yes. have no control. Second thing Uh, you're competing with the guys on Wall Street. These guys have a lot more sophisticated technology. Things like your building, they have a lot more experience. Like they literally do this full time. That's their full time career. Yes. And you're trying to pick better deals to them to invest in. I think that becomes a challenge, right? I, I don't know what yes. kind of sports you like. Or you want to play pickup basketball against LeBron James? If you're doing it as a part time <laughs> hobby, <I don't... laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty uh, much you know, that's the sport I like as well. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. A long way to go. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's when I actually came across a book and you might have heard about it it's called Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert yes. Kiyosaki. Yes, I have. Right? I've read it um, ages ago. Ages that's that, not yeah. Yeah, uh, like exactly yeah. exactly yeah. teenagers still. Yeah, so I learned about investing in cash generating assets, controlling your own yes. income time, leveraging debt effectively, all that good stuff. Use some of my cash I had and started investing in some real estate. So I have some real estate in yeah. Canada. Bought my first one and then I bought my second one and I was like, okay, this is good. I'm making a couple hundred dollars. At this point, I think 25 years old. Yes. And I just felt like this is just too slow for me. I want yes. results fast. When you're 25 like you have no patience, get rich quick. That's all I cared about. So I still think real estate is very good. I still own it. I just look at it more of a very long-term investment. Maybe like I, I'll hold it for 20 years and the debt's paid off and it's nice producing a couple hundred bucks and at that, at that point I'm sitting on a seven-figure investments. So yeah. not too bad. Then from there I stepped up into another game which is you know physical businesses. Um yeah. I actually own a physical franchise uh, gym in Canada. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting. That's where I learned a lot about his recurring revenue work. What is LTV? What is churn? What is local marketing? But I still felt the limitation of that model. I was like, okay, this is super physically dependent. I don't want to still stick here and yeah. have to manage this on a local basis. Even though I have a partner, he manages it now. But it's super expensive to scale. Right? Every yeah. time you're going to hit your capacity of your market size of that yes. market, and then you have to open another one. It's going to cost you half a million to a million dollars. Still, still good. I still think it's a good return. I would look at it more of like, you know, five to 10 years. If real estate is 20, yes. I'll still look at this like maybe five, 10 years. That's when I learned about, you know, digital and online businesses. And I yes. bought my first online business from a, a broker called Empire Flippers. I don't know if you've heard about them. No, I have not. Yes. No. Okay. So I actually bought my first affiliate website at the time. I think it was less than $50,000, smallest side just to play with, mm-hmm. but I was hooked. That's why I saw, okay, look, I can actually make money online and from my computer. And I learned all about your conversion rate optimization, SEO, hiring, managing remote teams, affiliate marketing, yes. email marketing, all that good stuff. And that's around when I quit my, went, traveled a little bit, worked at the startup. And after I joined a firm called Wired Investors, and they were basically a micro private yeah. equity firm, similar to what we're doing, but they were doing a bigger seven-figure acquisition. So I was doing really smaller deals. And I was like, okay, they're, they're doing something cool here, they're gathering some capital and working with some LPs and buying bigger companies. Yeah. So I, I helped them raise some capital and some deals, got involved being a CEO of one of the companies they acquired at the time called $99 Social. Yeah. And when I became, after that acquisition, I came in for a minority investment as well. Within five months of that acquisition, basically I was able to double the company within that five yeah. months. So, you know, I was pretty, pretty happy with it. Moved on. They gave me a role of another CEO role at a company based in California. Yep. And eventually I became the, the kind of group CEO of all the SaaS companies in the portfolio. So they had a couple of companies there and I was working with the CEOs, helping them implement different growth strategies for their market, for their type of product and helping them focus on that, where they, a lot of them are maybe more product and team and operations day to day. But then you know, about two years ago is when I left that group. I really appreciate everything I learned from those guys and you're all great guys and grateful for that opportunity. I decided to really focus on launching Horizon Capital and yeah. where we really focus only on B2B SaaS companies as our expertise. Whereas with, yeah. with that firm, we're doing content sites, affiliate sites, you know, there's, there's kind of a whole bunch of stuff that maybe less focused. Okay, so we decided you know, let's just focus on, on B2B SaaS, and then that's when we launched. But funny enough, when I started Horizon, the goal was not really the focus on just cash flow, right? Yes, yes we provide a double or triple digit returns to investors, but the focus is really about empowering and helping entrepreneurs when that's a different yeah. path, whether that's you know, have, having a partner who can really help them scale, taking their business to the next level, or just providing you know, the financial resources at the right time. And, and that's where we are today. We, we work with B2B SaaS companies. Uh, anywhere between 500k in AR to 5 million. And that's where yeah. it's part of, of where we come in and start talking to founders. Yeah. So quick question. When you say you work with B2B SaaS companies, what do you help a B2B SaaS company? Say there's a B2B SaaS company in say US, uh, where a lot of the audience is. What would you help them with? Would you help them with raising funding? Would you help them with their, I don't know, growth strategies or, yeah. Yeah, so we do both. So the reason why is because we found that a lot of that we've been talking to are not looking to sell. There's a, there's a certain yes. time in your entrepreneurship journey where you're like, all right, I'm ready to exit. And this is usually five, yes. six, seven years in. Yes. There's a couple of reasons for that, right? You're either you're burnt out, like, hey, I've been doing yeah. this for five, six years. Maybe I'm a first time founder. I just want to move yeah. on. I want somebody else to take over and I want to cash in on some of it. We're finding a lot of the founders are like, no, look, I still want to continue to grow this. I've built a nice product. I'm very product focused. Yes. I've got a good engineering team. I've got a good product. It's grown organically. We've done like zero marketing. We don't know really what to do, where we're going to get results. We don't want to waste time. We've worked with agencies and they've just thrown us around and just mm-hmm. thinking of their own interests. Cool. So we come in as a partner. Let's align interest here. We don't, whether it's finding, raising capital. So that it typically like series A or above is where we're helping them. And then, or sometimes seed round as well. And then we come in as operationally. So our real expertise is on the operational side and we apply our growth playbook. So we've done that with a couple of companies, for example, 
a company we're, we're working with right now is called postalytics.com and they do direct mail marketing. They have a platform online, everything done through their print yes. network, you know, so you don't have to go to a print shop. And yeah, we help them through our conversion rate optimization, running different kind of optimization tests, you know, SEO, paid marketing for, for their audience works really well and some different outreach campaigns. And so that's just an example of how we can help. So we're pretty flexible. We're not yes. going to help. We can help a little bit on the product and your onboarding and efficiencies and you talk to your customers and help understand your, your market. I think that's part of marketing and growth. We like to work with founders who are really you know, obsessed about products and that's where we come in. Yep. Very cool. What's the one common mistake? Do you see a lot of B2B SaaS founders? I guess specifically and in what way? At what point, I guess? Um, just when it comes to growth, execution, product, any yeah, any of these areas. I think they wait too long to start marketing. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, yeah. no, I, just, I, I hear this so much. Yeah, but we just want to launch this one feature. And then I talk to them, they're like, let's talk again in six months. So we talk to them, they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we just want to do this one product. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> You're talking to me. That's, yeah, because I just want to yeah. do that. I feel like we built like only 10% of the product. We're still in beta. I, mean, I don't want to market. I don't want anyone to see. It's too too scrappy. Exactly. You hide behind your product, but you got to get yeah. it out there early. It doesn't matter if it's not perfect. And yeah, yeah, that's what you got to do. It doesn't matter. We can do it on the same time. Like get your product. Let's market it. That's going to help you like get quicker feedback and maybe you yeah. think you have this perfect product in your head. Let's get people telling us that. Okay, let's we got a thousand people who are going to say, no, you know what? Actually, this what you were about to do is not what we wanted. And then you find out something completely different. Yeah. You're going to save a lot of time. Yeah. That's that's very cool. <laughs> don't hide it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't hide it. Yes. Where do you see like in the next few years, Horizon Capital going? Do you intend to keep on this journey or do you have some other sort of a bigger master plan or something that you're working towards? So a real vision is really to build these entrepreneur hubs all over the world, right? So we want to have these investment directors in every continent. So right now yeah. in Mexico, we're looking at you know deals in the US, a lot of the US, Brazil, we have a company in Brazil and a few companies in Europe. But the idea is to build that network and investment hubs all over the world. And then kind of a more mid, middle kind of term, what we're looking to do is maybe raise a, a rolling fund. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. So that's something yes. we're probably looking instead of a traditional fund, maybe not the best way. We really like the idea of you know rolling, running, launching a, a rolling fund through Angel, and that's probably something we'll do. Maybe raise like a you know twenty, thirty million dollar round, and we can do deals yeah. uh, you know a little structured, a little nicer for our investors. No, that makes sense. So far, how do you source your deals? How do you find these uh, companies, like the B2B SaaS companies? We have two. So we have an inbound and we have outbound. Yeah. Typically, they're coming to us through some of our SEO. So we, we breathe that kind of thing. Like we do a lot of good SEO and people are finding yeah. us like how to value a SaaS company, search terms like that, M&A, you know, valuations, all that good stuff. So they're coming to us and say, hey, like I've got this company. You can help chat with us. The other side is we're, we're reaching out directly. So we have a you know, team doing kind of full-time outbound through, through email, LinkedIn, and just building relationships. And then through our podcast. So those are the three ways, right? We also have the SaaS yeah. podcast. Right? You yeah, I saw that. that. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah highly, yeah. highly recommended. I'm going to put um, <laughs> links to everything that um, you are saying um, underneath in the show notes, wherever this mm. goes on whichever platform over time. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I just wanted to say if there is a B2B SaaS founder, he's got a... SaaS product in marketing space, digital analytics, something like that. What should be his first strategy or how should he think of growth? Very small, just 10K ARR type of a small two, three person SaaS company just starting to get some traction. How should they look at growth? Mm. What would you do if you were the founder of that sort of a SaaS product? So at that stage, we're still early, two to three employees, 10K MRR, and you're thinking, okay, how should right. I grow? 
Yeah. I think you should do it through product led. I think that's going to be your best route. Just kind of yeah. building good product and then getting it out there. I think you as a founder at that time, you have to be doing a lot of the sales. Even if you're a product, you know, founder, get on the phone. People will appreciate that. You know what you're yes. talking about. You have something. But talk to doing kind of manual outreach. Even if you're a product like uh, platform, like, like a lot of people think, hey, like I'm a $10, $20 a month product that should be all organically. And I don't have to be doing, I don't need a sales or SDR or account executive kind of outbound team. That's fine. You don't have to build it long-term, but at the initial stages, at that point, you have to do everything and it's going to be expensive. Your cost per acquisition, you're not really trying to optimize cost per acquisition at this point. You're trying to drive yeah. revenue, you're trying to drive growth, and you're trying to get feedback. That's the three things you're really looking for. And then use that feedback for your product roadmap. Later on, you can you know start building out those other marketing engines to really scale. So don't think about scale too much. Focus on product and let the try to get feedback to, to build up on it more than anything. That's great. What's your favorite paid marketing platform for B2B SaaS at the moment? Sorry, my, my favorite what? Paid marketing channel or platform um, for B2B SaaS at the moment. If you asked me in January, I would have said Facebook. But after this algorithm, with the change they made with, like, you yes. know, um, with the iOS updates, yes. I would still say Google AdWords. Google and YouTube are, are pretty good. We're still, we're still getting decent on, on Facebook um, for some of the campaigns we're running. but after yeah. that update, it, it kind of got a little more more expensive, but I still think Google AdWords is pretty powerful, especially, it depends on the industry, but more so than, yeah. Of course, anyone listening, this, of course, changes day to day, week to week, exactly. month to month, exactly. anything could happen tomorrow. Um, any yeah, new exactly. platform could be there, but yeah, for at the moment, this is what it is. And Search is um, not going anywhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, search is not going, absolutely, because the intent is there. Other social media, there is no intent. You are just posting it in front of people who are just going to swipe away or, or exactly. yeah, go to the next page what are your thoughts on linkedin as a platform i love linkedin it works really well we haven't had good success on scaling on ads but yeah. for uh kind of on an sdr kind of lead generation for for yeah. outreach and messaging really it works really well and and what i find is a compare even intent is good on, on google but we find um in terms of quality of leads are a lot higher through, through linkedin so even if you're not getting the volume you would from from paid, you get one or two of these high quality leads. I mean, it's, it's well worth it. So we love that. Generally, works better when you're you have a higher LTV. So absolutely, that's what things, I was gonna right? say for a high ticket item because the it's so expensive. LinkedIn ads so expensive compared to some of the other platforms. Exactly. Yeah, I've heard anywhere minimum three thousand, two thousand, some people say five thousand. So unless your LTV is that number, but then it's worth building that that kind of outbound campaign and, and the targeting those executives you want it you want for B two B. Yep. Last question in this area, and that is thoughts on Twitter. I like Twitter. I've seen very well, good success on there. I haven't done anything on Twitter ads myself. I've heard some people having uh, some success. I heard it's just not as scalable, but there is some very high quality, high caliber entrepreneurs there. So if you're you know targeting CEOs or CMOs, I think it's good. Yeah, I've had, I've built some really good relationships on, on there. So I'm not as active as I should be on there. Yeah, uh, but I, I I love Twitter. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's just because it's very interesting. So at the moment, I'm, I haven't been doing outreach for my own platform for funding. And in the last week, three people reached out to me who are interested in funding us, two through LinkedIn and one through Twitter. And I don't even post much at all. Mm -hmm. I think just even as a organic thing, there is some benefit in there, but as a paid, I'm not sure about Twitter and LinkedIn is quite expensive. So yes, you had to have a very high LTV to justify LinkedIn. Yeah, the Twitter DM works really well. I mean, we found some, some yeah. good people, good partners and a lot of good investors. I think most of the bigger investors are on there and there seems to be more engaging and, and then LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's for some reason, all the LPs, VCs, GPs, they're all on, on Twitter all the time. It's like, when do they have time to do anything else? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think it's super controversial too. They're not even talking about it business. Is. They're just like talking opinions. I know. I know. Fun, Talking right? about <laughs> politics and social <laughs> stuff. And I don't know. Is, what, is this adding any value? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But they have a they have a higher footprint. So I think that's what they're going for. They are going for right. controversy and memes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what uh, pretty much the whole marketing strategy of Tesla pretty much relies on one one human being. <laughs> and that's right. why Ford and GM have to spend $2 billion a year on advertising for the last 10 years. And Tesla spent $0. <laughs> it's they one have tweet, a, right? One tweet that's worth what, a billion dollars. <laughs> exactly right. And they have a <laughs> chief meme lord <laughs> pumping out memes and getting more more attention per tweet than what do you call like a Super Bowl commercial <laughs> every tweet. Exactly. So it, exactly. it's insane. It's insane. Power but, yeah. of, uh, of influencer marketing, right? Yeah. Exactly. And when you have the world's number one influencer as your CEO, you don't need to spend two billion in ads a year. Yeah. On yeah. On the other side, what would your advice be to a to a much larger sort of a like a B two B SaaS company in growth when they have four million plus annual recurring revenue? So I'm going to say same thing. It depends on their market. Are they SMB focused? Are they enterprise focused? Are they? I think I would say mid level to mid to enterprise. It's in the freights mm-hmm. and logistics. Okay, so I guess your market. Those guys aren't probably as you know tech savvy. I'm guessing. No, so they're not. Kind of appeal to so. A lot of them mm-hmm. using Excel or pen and paper. <laughs> And converting them to a high value software <laughs> to track everything and everything on cloud. And <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if LinkedIn would be on there. I highly doubt, you know, a lot of them would be on there. So I don't know if that would be the best kind of target approach. Uh, yeah. Search could still work. So I think we'll do that. But I think it's, this will be a sales team. Like you've got to build an SDR team, you know, yes. cold calling and cold emailing, going to meet yes. them in person, you know, if you can. Organize moment. event for them, all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. trade shows. Um, and then yeah. content, I think content library just standing out and targeting those people might work really well. Yeah. Another option, like you said, is what you're doing right now is inorganic, inorganic growth, which is through acquisition, right? And that's a channel yes. a lot of people don't think about. They need to spend all this money and test it out. But hey, there's companies out there you can act, you can acquire and that'll yeah. drive your revenue, especially if they're growing faster than you. So if you're growing, let's say 40, let's say 30% year over year and you buy a company that's growing 100% year over year and you bolt them on, you can acquire them and the revenue and the team. Yes. Uh, I mean, that'll, that'll grow your you know, top line and you can go, let's raise capital or whatnot at that point, right? Your series B and that, that helps your, your case as well. So acquisitions is a good way. I'll, I'll look at it for a million. And when, at one point I'll mention is for paid marketing, I generally like to wait until you're about at least one or close to 2 million in ARR before you really yes. uh, invest in it because you don't want to do it a couple hundred dollars. If you're going to do it, you do it well and you can invest at least at least seven, 10 K a month in ad spend yes. and you can hire a team with designers and copywriters and build out landing pages and put it at the right time. Don't, Half-ass that. I see that a lot of founders are like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just going to start. I'm going to do some Google ads and they just waste their money, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks a month. And it's because they haven't set up the whole thing properly and thought about a lot of data. And- it's so much. Yeah. You had to do a proper funnel and you had to think of the whole journey of that user. And it is so much work. You had to integrate with the, with the side of the emails, the landing pages, the videos, the content, the, the cookies and onboarding and everything you have to think about. And for Facebook pixel and everything so that it's done. But that takes a lot of work and a good team, a really good team. And a lot of the times agencies are 
are siloed away. Some agencies only do Facebook, some only do Google ads, some, yeah, and then exactly. and some do only email marketing. You, you have to get everything to work together. So which is, yeah, which is, you're, you're right. You're hundred percent right. Before we finish, I've got like these three questions. And first one, is there a book that you are reading right now? And what is it? I am reading a book right now. I, just it. I like it. It's called, I think it's called Give or Take or Give and Take. Uh, I don't think it's Givers or, or Takers or something like that. It's a book. But yeah, Givers and Takers, I think it's called uh, Give and Take by Adam Grant. So that's the oh, book that's I'm great. reading right now. It is really yeah. good. Yeah, you, you are yeah. like the second guest who's talked about Adam Grant. Really? <laughs> He's really good. Yeah, somebody just recommended it to me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, hey, let me grab that. And yeah, this is what I'm reading right now. I cool to, to think how most people think. You know, takers are the ones who are aggressive in their in their sales yes. tactics, and they need to be and then always the a taker. <laughs> exactly, and they do well for the short term, but then long term, it's always the givers. They might suffer in the short term, but the long term, the ones who are giving, I think, can do the best in, in anything they do. Yeah, it's really good. Highly recommended. Everyone who comes on my show goes on a spreadsheet, and I connect other people. I might not get anything out of it, but I know it always comes back in in the long run, and it takes, doesn't take that much time to connect other people who can help each other out and stuff. I hundred percent believe that philosophy of Adam Grant of of givers are the winners and takers are the losers. Exactly. Second thing is if you had to start all over again with the same knowledge, but you are just out of school, university, something and starting now, you have the same knowledge, but not the same money. What would you do? Okay, so this is, is something I've learned the hard way. So remember I mentioned when I was 25 year olds, like I went fast and I went yes. now and I'm impatient and I'm just bouncing from here to here. I think I would stick, be patient focus on one thing and, and give it time. So I think, for example, I remember even starting my recruitment firm. If I stuck to that, even today, like it would be a massive company. It's just a year or two, I made some money and I was like, okay, like, you know, just give it to my partner. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I need something more fast and scalable. And now I was like, okay, hold on, let's give it time. Let's invest in it. Let's take the time to build something. So even with Horizon, we've been doing this for almost two years. Like now you're, you know, slowly seeing the compound growth and yes. investment. You're, you're putting all this time and effort, like, it's that, that kind of flywheel effect. And then over time, you'll start seeing it, but it takes at least, you have to put in that two to three years. But we're used to seeing everything like we want it now, 30 days, six months, all that, all that good <laughs> stuff, right? So um, yes. just be patient, be focused, and then don't jump from like place to place. And once you find something you enjoy, which I think is more important, right? If you try yeah. something, you're like, look, I'm not enjoying this. And I've, that's the reason why I've jumped from others. Like, okay, I, I try it to know that I don't like it, which is more important to know what you do. You have to try yes. different things to find out what you don't like. And then once you find something you like, like just double down on it, go all in, don't be afraid to invest everything because at the end of the day, you're enjoying what you're doing and you'll get the results. Just be patient. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Love, love that advice. Finally, what is your ask? Are you looking for anything? Are you looking for team members, investors, anything? Yeah. Like we like to work with founders. So if there's any founders, SaaS founders, B2B specifically, anything we can help you with, you come chat with us, whether Looking to raise capital, whether you're looking for operational partners, so we're pretty flexible at the end of the day. It's, you know, what you guys need. We'll try to make something happen as well. It's money or, or resources or team. And, and we'll, what we'll stage do they have to be in? Pre-revenue, post-revenue, what revenue are you looking for? Post-revenue, typically at least some product market fit. So yes. yeah, you know, it could be at least 30K a month, 40K, 500. So that, that minimum is probably what we'll look to start talking. Yeah. That sounds great. So yeah, look, it's been fantastic to, um, talking with you. I'll put all the links to all your, to your podcast, to your website and to your social channels and everything. So people can go and follow you. And yeah, thank you once again for your time. Best of luck.
Uh, thank you, Sam. I appreciate you, you having me on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.